Hey everybody, this is Keith Loy. I'm the founding senior pastor of Celebrate Church in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and this is our podcast. I just want to say thank you for joining us, and it is my prayer that this week's message will truly encourage you. Enjoy. Good morning, Celebrate. It is great to be together. How many would agree that the answer to almost every person's problems in any area of their life is Jesus? Absolutely. How many would also say that there's someone that is in your sphere of relationships, maybe at work or wherever else, that you're not sure if they know Jesus? Then let me encourage you, grab one of these cards before you leave, the out-the-movie ticket cards, because God has positioned you and I around people that don't know Jesus, and they won't come to church traditional, they won't come to hear a message, but they would come to a movie. And in that movie, they will hear God's word, God's principles, and be open to that. And so, man, I encourage you to say, God, this week, who might I even meet? I don't even know yet. Have some of these with you in your purse, in your person, whatever the case be, and give that to them and encourage them to come. It has been a fabulous, fabulous last few days here at the church. We had our church planner gathering. We gathered them together twice a year and then exponential. And God is doing so many wonderful, wonderful things. If you're new to Celebrate, we are a multiplying church, which means simply this. We don't want you to come and stay. We want to help you go and make disciples, make followers of Jesus, multiply your life. That is what God called us to do. Now, that's individually each of us, but it's also corporately. So as a church, we plant churches. That's what we do, churches and home churches. And so this past weekend, we had 70 people of our church planters and home church pastors with us. What was really thrilling is for us to meet some of our future great-great-grandchildren, which means this. We planted a church with Monty and Jody Gannon, Meadows Church in Omaha. They planted a church in Bennington, Nebraska, which is Casey and Amanda Comsack. And Casey and Amanda brought some of their people with them that are going to plant churches. So it was our great-great-grandchildren. And uh, very, very fun. Very, very fun. God is, is so good. And so we're thankful for that. We're in a series called Managing My Life. We're looking at areas of your my life that if we manage them, we'll have great success. If we don't manage them, you're going to have a lot of hurt and a lot of grief in your life as well. Now, last week, Pastor Keith started by saying the most important fundamental of all of it is we need to do two words, wise up. Or as he said, wise up. I just like saying wise up. I love that. Because yeah. how many know that we are in a world full of information but very little wisdom? Can we agree on that? And so information just comes at us over and over and over again, but such little wisdom. And so he shared the two principles of how to gain wisdom. One is to read the Bible. What's the second one? Do what it says. Absolutely. So read the Bible and do what it says. That's why I would encourage you during this series and in every series, bring your Bible with you. Bring it with you. Open it up so that you can follow along. So today, open up your Bibles, if you would, to Psalm 51. Psalm 51. Now, it was great encouragement to us last week that a number of you went out to the uh, crossroads table out there, and you looked at Bibles and even purchased Bibles for yourself. That's wonderful. Maybe for some of you, you don't have a Bible. Obviously, that would be your first starting point. Now, maybe some of you have a Bible, but it's something you had since you were a kid, and you need something that's a little bit more adult version, if I can say it that way, or maybe a version that's a little bit easier to read. Maybe for some of you, you have a Bible, but it'd be helpful for you to have a study Bible that has all the different history and all the facts behind it that help you understand, oh, that's what that means and so forth. So I encourage you, go out there. Now, it was interesting last week when I was out there with people, the number one question people asked is, 
if I haven't been reading the Bible on a regular basis, where should I start? Okay, well, we'd recommend not Leviticus to start with. It's a fabulous book. I love Leviticus, but not as a starting point. Here's what we'd recommend. Start with Jesus. Start with Jesus. The Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and others. Mark would be the best place to start. Read about Jesus. Then you might want to read some of the letters of Paul. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. But that is a good way to start. But if I could make a thought process to this, it's simply this. It's not how much you read. That's not the secret. It's not how much you read. It's how often you read. If you want to get in shape physically, can we agree that working out once a month for 15 hours is probably not the best? You won't walk for the next 28 days, but it's just not the best. Instead, why not work out 30 minutes a day for 30 days? The same is true with God's Word. Now today, we're going to talk about managing my emotions, or managing my emotions! Could be either way. So right now, repeat after me if you would. It's time to start managing my emotions. You know, it's interesting as we talk about emotions that I think we could agree that much of the world is out of control with their emotions. Would you agree with me on that one? Man, it seems today that if, if you and I disagree on something, well, we can't be friends. You have to unfriend me if I disagree with you. There was a time and point where debates were encouraged, discussions were encouraged, and people of opposite opinions could debate and, and learn from each other and really come to understand each other. Not today. We don't have debates. We have yelling matches. And that's what happens. Out-of-control emotions is the number one reason, I believe, for most financial failures, marriage failures, people failures. See, in life, we are taught to think about knowledge, getting an IQ. IQ is not the key to success. EI is emotional intelligence. Your ability to be emotionally intelligent, emotionally mature, will dictate your success as a spouse, as a parent, in work, in finances, in every area of your life. Now, sometimes we think, well, I wish I could be like any Star Trek fans here. I wish I could be like Mr. Spock. Give me the sign. Okay, thank you. Some of you know what I'm talking about there. Mr. Spock, who was not emotional, no emotion to him at all, purely logic. Well, the problem is this, that's not who God is. God is full of emotions, and we're created in his image. In fact, how many of you in the last 60 days would say that you've had the, the emotion of joy in the last 60 days? Okay. How many say that you've also had potentially the emotion of sadness in the last 60 days? How about the emotion of excitement? How about the emotion of doubt? How about the emotion of frustration when people ask you to raise your hand over and over again? You know, <laughs> could be a variety of reasons kind of thing. There's two things about emotions I think would be good for us to understand as we jump in. Number one, emotions are a gift. They are. Emotions are a gift. They're, they're a great indicator. A great indicator. There, there's a sense that one or two things could happen. Either they're indicating that something could be wrong. Have you, have you ever walked into a place and you just sense like something's wrong here? You ever done that? My wife senses that a lot more than I do. Okay? Maybe it's a sense that you have a one-and-a-half-year-old, and it's too quiet. <laughs> Something's wrong. And you'll find out that your toilet paper is off the roll. You know, it, that's what happens. So something's wrong. It could also be the fact that your emotions could tell you that maybe something is very right. 
My wife, Cindy, and I met as juniors in high school. She was my chemistry lab partner. And in my emotions, I sensed something because she was just staring at me constantly while I was trying to stay studied, focused, and my... <laughs> no, it was the opposite. My, my emotions, which in, also included not being able to breathe, heart rate at over 200, and a pure sweat, told me that maybe something was very right. Okay, so emotions are, are a gift. They can be an indicator. But they're also a curse because they're terrible dictators. Have you ever seen a, a great big dog take its owner out for a walk? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and they're, they're taking their own out for a walk, and then they maybe see something. Could be a rabbit or something else. What happens? Bam! And what happens to the owner? They're, they're, all, they're all over the place. Am I right? Sure. Emotions are like that. Emotions like that. I mean, we can just be having a great day. In fact, have any of you had a day that's been derailed because of emotions? Sure, you're, you're doing good. The day's great. And all of a sudden, one thing. Doesn't have to be a big thing. Maybe it's a noise in the car. Okay, maybe it's a, an overdraft that came. Maybe it's a phone call or something you saw that someone said. And all of a sudden, the dog takes off running. And we are jerked all over the place. Sometimes when our emotions are jerked, we make not good decisions. How many know that? You know, I, I love the phrase that says this, most, the majority of car accidents in this country happen on the car lot because they bought something they should not have bought. I mean, you, you're, you know what I'm saying? You just go there, look around, and all of a sudden you see the sign that says, nothing down. And you go, I got nothing? That's my, I fit that. And our emotions make some very poor decisions for us. In fact, let me ask you this. How many of you would say that you know somebody that really is very immature many times on how they handle their emotions? How many of you would know somebody like that? Sure, we all do. Learn from them. They're a warning on how not to live your life. Opposite, how many of you know somebody that, for the most part, are really pretty mature in how they handle their emotions? Yes. Learn from them. They're an example on how to live your life. See, every person is either a warning or example on how to not to live your life or how to live your life. So turn to the person right beside you and say right now, it says, be an example, manage your emotions. <clears throat> you can learn a lot. You can learn a lot by reading the diary of someone. In our generation, people kept diaries, especially gals would keep diaries. Now maybe they call it journaling, okay? But when you read somebody's diary or their journal, you really can tell a lot about them. My wife and I were in Amsterdam some years back and went to the Anne Frank house. And some of you know in history, the diary of Anne Frank, a young girl who in World War II was hid away in a house for some years and they kept a diary of that. We were at the house. And Boy, you could tell a lot about her and her emotions just by reading it as well. Today, I want us to do this. I want us to look at the diary of David, David in the Bible. And it's going to be from Psalm 51 to 59. We're going to look at different parts of that to read David's diary of how did he handle his emotions. And I think it can be a great example 
for us in that way. Now, for some of you, we won't go through it long here, but for some of you who don't know who David is, David was introduced in the Bible as a very young boy. We don't know the age, but it was very young. He was the youngest of all his brothers. And how we're introduced is he's going to be anointed as the next king. And so he is in the shepherd. He's in taking care of sheep in the pasture. And suddenly he gets called by his dad, hey, come on in. And there Samuel puts oil over him and anoints him. I mean, can you imagine the emotion of a young boy, maybe 12? I, I mean, who, what, what is going on here? What is this about? He's saying, I'm going to be a king? What, what, what are you talking about? The emotion. Then he goes back to pastoring the sheep, what he did. But then the world's introduced to him by Goliath. If you remember that story, he moves from being nobody to being known by everybody, kind of a Hail Mary to win the Super Bowl catch kind of thing that suddenly now everybody knows him. Can you imagine that emotion? That everybody is singing your name? I'm singing songs about you? I mean, what's that about? Eventually, he does move into the presence of King Saul and serves King Saul, but now Saul turns on him and now wants to kill him. Like, what, what is that emotion? In fact, to the point where David runs and it hides out in caves most of the time, many times by himself, maybe with others, but what's that emotion about? Finally, he does become king and has great success. What's that emotion like to be on top and, man, everything accomplished? But then the emotion of sin, because he commits adultery and then kills the gal's husband, who's a friend of his. Then his son tries to kill him and take over the throne. I mean, what's that emotion like? I mean, it, it's filled with all kinds of emotions. But we're going to learn, I believe, from David some key principles on how, the, how to start the journey of managing your emotions. How, how many of you are ready to learn how to become better at managing our emotions, okay? Let's tell God that. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word it is truth, it's light, it's life, it's everything that we need. God, would you help us to hear today how we can be better at managing our emotions, how we can be mature in that way? God, we thank you for David and how you used him. And man, a man after your own heart, that's how you describe him. God, that's what we'd love to be, a person after your own heart. So help us learn today. We say thank you for it. And what God's people said. Now, as we read through this, you're going to hear a lot of, of different emotions in here, okay? Let's look at it together. Psalm 51. And I'm going to take different parts of all the chapters. I do encourage you, if, man, at, at points in times, if you are just feeling like, man, I'm out of control of my emotions, read anywhere from Psalm 51 to 59 out of his diary. You're going to find some great help. So Psalm 51, verse 1. This is after David has committed adultery and then murdered the, person, the person's husband. Have mercy on me, O God, because of your unfailing love. Because of your great compassion, blot out the stain of my sins. Wash me clean from my guilt. Purify me from my sin. For I recognize my rebellion. It haunts me day and night. Ever felt that way? Felt the shame of doing something that regret, guilt, no matter what happens, you just can't seem to get rid of it. Just, you can't take a shower and wash it off. It just stays with you like a darkness. Then turn to Psalm 52. <clears throat> Look at verse 8. This is when David is hiding, but somebody tells King Saul where he is. And basically, he snitches on him. Verse 8, but I am like an olive tree thriving in the house of God. 
I will always trust in God's unfailing love. I will praise you forever, O God, for what you've done. I will trust in your good name. You ever trusted someone and then betrayed by him? Someone you thought was going to be in your life forever and they walked out? How about Psalm 54? Turn to Psalm 54. Look at verse 1. This is again when David's hiding and other people told Saul where he's at. Verse 1, come with great power, O God, and rescue me. Defend me with your might. Listen to my prayer, O God. Pay attention to my plea, for strangers are attacking me. Violent people are trying to kill me. They care nothing for God, but God is my helper. The Lord keeps me alive. You ever felt attacked? Not safe? In danger by people? Then look at Psalm 56. Psalm 56, verse 1. Now here, David's not being chased. He's already been captured by the Philistines, who he killed Goliath, their champion, and they've now captured him. Verse 1. Oh God, have mercy on me, for people are hounding me. My foes attack me all day long. I'm constantly hounded by those who slander me, and many are boldly attacking me. But when I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. I praise God for what he's promised. I trust in God, so why should I be afraid? What can mere mortals do to me? You ever felt afraid? Fear of failure, fear of people, fear of the future? Let's look at one more, Psalm 59, verse 14. Here, Saul, King Saul has sent soldiers to camp outside David's house to kill him when he comes out, and David knows that they're out there. Verse 14, my enemies come out at night, snarling like vicious dogs as they prowl the streets. They scavenge for food, but go to sleep unsatisfied. But as for me, I will sing about your power. Each morning I will sing with joy about your unfailing love, for you have been my refuge, a place of safety when I am in distress. Have you ever felt in distress? Man, just was like it's overwhelmed, maybe abandoned, felt like no one knows you're even there or no one understands at all. See, th these emotions are very, very real. Did, did you hear David's emotions in it? I hope you did. But did you also hear there's three words that are the key to managing your emotions? Three words we're going to talk about today as we look at this diary. And it's words you've all been taught since you were a little kid. You've already talked about it since a little kid. You know what I mean. If you ever get on fire, do three words. What's the first word? Stop, drop, roll. Absolutely. Stop, drop, and roll. We're going to look at those David, in those words, but let me just kind of make a, a statement ahead of time. Now, obviously, every, every emotion has a plus and a minus sign. So, for example, anger. Is there a place for righteous anger? Absolutely, absolutely. So, for example, if I came home and someone was in my house beating, attacking my wife, attacking a grandchild, okay, I would stop them, drop them to the floor, and roll them out the door. Okay, so we understand that there's a flip side to every emotion on this. What I want to do is just paint some foundational uh, pictures for you to help you begin to start the magic because most of our emotions are the other way, in that way. Make sense? Okay, so what's the first word? Stop, which says this. Stop and be still. God's in control. You know, if you have a fire at your house, we have one of two options we can put on it. We can put gas on it. We can use a fire extinguisher. I think we know which one we say we should use. 
When it comes to emotions, which one of these two do most people put on it? Or other people put on it? Am I right? We have this emotion that comes up within us. I'm not talking a righteous one, but sometimes the emotion comes in and all of a sudden, man, we pour gas on it. Or others come and pour gas on it. See what I'm saying? Because we speak it out and someone goes, oh, I can't believe they did that to you. And they're pouring stuff on you and, and fueling it, fueling more. Or they go to Facebook or social media and they just get fueled all the time. See, the, the situation with emotions is this. What problem is we turn inward with our emotions. We turn to ourselves rather than to God. Rather than turning inward with our emotions, we're to turn outward and upward to God first. Make sense? That's the part of it where we talk about you have to simply stop. Look at, go back to chapter 51. Okay, in Psalm. Psalm 51, verse 1. Okay, he's committed adultery, committed murder. Here's what he says. Because of your great compassion. Who's great compassion? God's. Because of your great compassion, blot out the stain of my sin. See, a lot of times what we do is we turn inward and, I, my word, I was so stupid. What was I thinking? Oh, my land, I can't believe, I, I can't believe, I'll, oh, I, I can't, I can't, get, by, I can't be, get beyond this. And we turn inward. No, no, turn outward and upward. Stop, just stop, just stop. God's in control because of your great compassion, because of that. See, whatever you did in the past, whatever you did this week, whatever you did last night, God has said he will forgive you if you ask him. God's in control of that. See, Satan wants us to run with the emotion of guilt. I can't believe you're such a hypocrite. Ever had Satan talk to you like that? And he throws gas on it. You can't be forgiven. You can't be forgiven. Oh, my word. What are they? No way. No, no. Stop. Just stop. In fact, look at Psalm 52, verse 8. Here's what he says. I will always trust in God's unfailing love. How often? Always, I will always trust in God's unfailing love. I will praise you forever, O oh God, for what you've done. I will trust in your good name because God's in control. God's in control. No matter what is going on, no matter what's taking place, God's in control. If any of you had a little child or been around a little child that just was out of control crying, I mean, how, how, how much uh, benefit does it do for you to talk to the child and say, it's going to be okay, just, you can stop, that's okay, You'll outgrow this face. It won't be a big deal five years from now. <laughs> no, you can't talk to him. What do you do? You know what you do? You pick him up and you say something. Am I right? And many times when emotion starts to just get out of control for us, gasoline's everywhere. You know, God says, Just be still. I'm in control. There's a verse in Psalm 62. You'll see it on the screens. I want to ask you to read this out loud with me, would you? Here we go. I wait quietly before God, for my victory comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress where I will never be shaken. I wait what? What's the word? Quietly. I wait quietly. Shh. I'm still in control. Let me ask you, this week, was there a time that God was not watching you? 
Nope. Was there a time that he was not thinking about you? Nope. Was there a time that he did not love you? Nope. God's in control. It doesn't matter what our emotion says. It doesn't matter what we feel at all. When the emotional dog wants to take you off and drag you through everything that's going on, no. Stop. Stop. Just shh, shh. Just quiet. God's in control. Stop. What's the next word? Drop. Say that with me. Drop. Which says this. Drop to your knees, pray, and remember what's true. Stop, drop to your knees, and remember what's true. Prayer is a key in handling our emotions. See, prayer moves the focus from us to God, which is always the key of, of prayer. But here's the key. When it moves us towards God, it also moves God towards us. Here's how James said it in James 4, 8. Come close to God, and God will do what? Come close to you. Absolutely. If you look back in Psalm 54... If you look back in Psalm 54, verse 2, David says this, Defend me with your might. Listen to my prayer, O God. Pay attention to my plea. Have you ever, you ever pleaded to God, just pleaded for something? I don't know if you've ever seen major uh, international soccer, okay? Those players are just fantastic, especially in the men. Here's sometimes what happens. If they score a goal... Two things happen. First of all, the sportscaster yells goal for like eight minutes without breathing. Okay, that's how they do it, okay? But the second time, you'll see many times that the, the person who scored the goal will take off, they'll take running, and then they hit their knees and they slide. You ever, any of you see that? They slide, exactly. You know, that might be a good thought process for you sometime in your prayer. When emotions are just, just oh, I mean, just seem to overtake you. Start in the living room and take a run for your bedroom about 10 feet before the bed. Hit your knees and just slide and go, God! It's a good prayer. It's a good prayer. See, when you pray, God will remind you of what's true. Because think about this. Can our emotions paint a picture of something that is not true at all? Oh, yeah. Has anybody else other than me done this? Maybe sitting at a table, whatever else, and you just scratch your knee a little bit and you go, hmm, there's a little bump there. I don't remember that before. Hmm, it's interesting. A couple minutes later, you go, I think it's growing. <laughs> My word, that, that significant beard was two minutes ago. Hmm. A couple minutes later, you go, My grandma died of cancer. There's cancer in my family. A couple minutes later, you know, it's starting to throb. It's starting to hurt. In fact, it's, it's, it's much bigger now. It's about the size of a softball, I think. And by the end of your emotional journey, your picture shows you sitting on the side of the road, both legs amputated, holding up a cardboard sign. Has anybody else done that? Uh, you're going to leave me alone on that one, aren't you? Yeah, you know that's not the case. See, the problem is this. The world wants to sell you fear. Am I right on that? How many of you ever heard these words? Breaking news. And you go, oh, this is, this is going to be positive. Come on, honey. Come on, family. No, breaking news is always what? It's always bad. Always bad. Constantly. See, Pastor Key says a lot, and I, and I agree with it, when emotion is high, logic is low. Emotion's high, logic is low. That's why I look at Psalm 56. Look at Psalm 56 a minute, what David says in verse 3. 
but when I am afraid. David doesn't deny it. He doesn't suppress it. He doesn't pretend it's not there. He admits, but when I am afraid, I put my trust in you. I praise God for what he's promised. I trust in God. So why should I be afraid? What can mere mortals do to me? See, as he, as he prayed, he was reminded of what's true. What's the worst thing that can happen? Think about this. Could some bad things happen today? Yeah, the car might break, kids might get sick. I mean, it could be a variety of bad things. What's the worst thing that could happen? The positive worst thing that could happen today, we die. It's the worst thing that could happen, which means I see Jesus tonight, and I get to go to heaven. Exactly. Pastor, he says all the time, that's the worst thing that could happen to me? See, when emotions run, it plays pictures of the worst case scenarios. No, remember what's true. The worst thing that happened is, I see Jesus tonight. Yeah! That's the key. But what happens is, we do this. We hold on to stuff. We hold on to stuff. We hold on to past regrets, past sin, past things that people have done to hurt us. We hold on to it. Let me, let me say it this way. What if I came to you after church, and I was holding my hands like this, and I said, um, hey, I, I have something for you. I'd like to give it to you. It's meaningful to me. I'd like to give it to you. And you say, well, what is it? It's something that's important to me, and I really would like to give it to you as a gift. Okay, would it take it? You say, what is it? Um, it's dog poop. <laughs> but I really would like to give it to you. I really would. It means a lot to me. I mean, would you take it? Now you go, what? No, I'm not taking it. As, and you'd call the security team as well, okay, and have me hauled off, which you should. You, go, you put your hand in your pocket. I'm not taking it. I'm not taking that. No, but I, really, I want you to have this. I'm not taking it. Why then do we do it when Satan comes to us and say, hey, you need to hold on this. We hold on to the dog poop that he puts on us all the time. And we go, well, this is, I guess, what, what I'm, I guess this is who I am. And this is what I'm supposed to be. And this is how, what's supposed to be done. No, 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 no. Stop. Drop your knees. Pray. Remember what is true. I love how Paul says it in Philippians 4. He says this, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Final things usually mean the most, or most important. One final thing, fix your thoughts on what is? Hmm. Fix it. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice, which means, Pastor Keith said, read the Bible and then do what it says to do. Keep putting into practice all that you've learned and received from me, everything that you heard from me and saw me doing. Then, say then. Then the God of peace will be with you. See, a lot of times people pray for peace. God, I just want peace. He says, you have it, I'll give it to you. But you have to do first is fix your thoughts. Stop, drop, remember what's true. Remember what's true, fix your thoughts on that. Keep putting into those practices. Then you'll have peace in your life. See, you'll have emotions that come up. But the next time I'm angry, because my wife said something or did something that mm, kind of thing, Wait, 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 no, wait, just stop, stop, stop. Okay, drop, pray. Remember what is true. She loves me. She would intentionally hurt me. Why are you running with this emotion, Reed, and defending yourself? Why why are you doing that? The next time I'm, I'm depressed. No, 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 stop, 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 stop. 
drop on knees, pray, and remember what's true. I have so much to be thankful for. So much to be thankful for. The next time I feel like I'm alone, totally alone, like, is life even worth living? No, 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 no. Just stop, stop. Shh, shh, Drop to your knees, pray, and remember what's true. God's always with me. He has a purpose for my life, and, and as long as I have breath, that purpose is still in existence. Does that make sense? So when emotions come, and I'm not talking about the emotions, again, that are righteous emotions. I'm talking about the emotions that we allow to get out of control that hurt us in our life. First word is what? Second is? The third is? And says this, roll your emotion to God and let the Bible instruct you. Roll your emotion to God and let the Bible instruct you. Now, this is where what Pastor Key said is the foundation for all this last week. You've got to read the Word. When you read the Word constantly, consistently, every day, every day, every day, then what happens is your emotions will conform to the Word. The Word will say, wait, 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 here's, here's truth, here's truth, here's truth. But you can't implement the truth if you don't know the truth. And so in doing that, we now say, man, spend time... I, it's been so wonderful hearing the stories of people that are taking the Old Testament class. There's about 300 that are taking the Old Testament class right now on Tuesday nights. And what's happening in their lives is fabulous. Now, if you're not in the Old Testament, can I tell you, just look ahead to the last Tuesday of October. Because then Pastor Keith's going to be teaching the New Testament for eight weeks. And start to put that in you. See, David never denied. He didn't suppress it. He, didn't, he just didn't hide from it. It was very real, but he stayed focused here. Stayed focused here. He moved it that way and remembered what was true. Look at Psalm 59, verse 16. David said this, but as for me, I will sing about your power each morning. When? Each morning, I will sing with joy about your unfailing love, for you have been my refuge, a place of safety when I am in distress. Now, you can read the Bible anytime. It'll benefit you, but can I encourage you? Read in the morning. Read in the morning. Here's why. How many of you live in a home where, where the, your thermostat, the way you think it should be set, is different than your spouse's, like by 30 degrees? You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's just like, and so we're always fighting over the thermostat. Ah, who turned the ther that? The thermostat dictates the temperature. In the morning, the world is going to want to dictate your thermostat. And so when you open up and you feed your mind instantly with news, you feed it instantly with stuff from the outside, it sets the thermostat of what you're supposed to be that day. No, no, no. Go to God's Word and let God's Word set the thermostat. See what I'm saying? That's the key. One of the reasons I do it in the morning is because of that. But here's the thought that I always have for myself. I'm going to feed my mind and my heart before I feed my body. I will not allow myself to feed my body in the day until I fed my mind and my heart. When you do that, you now will have the ability to move forward. There's a great verse in John 8. It'll be on the screen. I want you to read this with me, if you would. Here we go. If you keep and obey my word, then you are my followers for sure. You will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Look at that verse. It didn't say, if you go to church. It says, if you keep and obey my word, then you're followers, and you'll know the truth, and the truth is such a... See, you can't have freedom from different emotional control that controls you until you know the word, and the word's in you. See, when you stop, 
You drop to prayer, remember what's true, and then you roll that emotion to God and let the Bible instruct you. The next time then your boss, who gets angry at different times, just unfortunately has one of those days and you're the center, and every emotion you want to defend and, get out, I can't believe that. No, 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 shh, 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 just stop, just stop, just stop. Drop, okay, give it to, just pray to God. Remember what's true, remember what the Bible said. A gentle answer turns away wrath. Okay, okay, that's what I need to do. The next time that you're tempted to click on the computer or on the internet because, oh, you should see this. You, you, you should see this. You really should. And you're tempted and the emotion is there. Obviously, the Bible says flee immorality. Get away from it. But part of that is realizing, no, no, no. Stop, drop. What does the Bible say? Flee immorality. I'm not going to. I'm going to, boom, boom. So you're tying it to what's true, God's word. The next time somebody insults you, and every emotion in you says, oh, yeah? You want to know about insults? Let me grab my gas can a minute. We're going to go after this thing. And you want to get back at them? No, 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 no. Shh, 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 shh. Just stop. Stop. Drop to your knees. Pray. Give it to God. Remember what's true. And then look at God's word. And it says, forgive as I have forgiven you. Okay. See, that's how God wants us to live our lives in a constant thought. Have any of you ever had a hard time sleeping at night every now and then because there's just things in your mind and your heart. How many would admit that sometimes that's the case? David had it. Listen to what David said. This is Psalm 63. I lie awake thinking of you, meditating on you through the night. Because you're my helper, I will sing for joy in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your strong right hand holds me secure. He's telling us, just stop. Don't let all that stuff go through your mind during that. Just stop. Okay, roll to God. Give to God and meditate. Meditate on God's word. Meditate on who he is. He has it. He's in control. I just add one other thought to it. Also, I think it's good to share it with some very close people right beside you that are Christian brothers and sisters because they can give you perspective as well as help in that. That's why it's so important, the gift of relationships and home churches and so forth as well. I'm going to ask the team to come out. Emotions, they're a gift. They're great indicators. They're also a curse. They're terrible dictators. So when emotion starts to take over you, again, we're not talking about righteous anger. We're talking about emotions that are out of control emotions. Three words. What's the first word? Stop. Just stop. Just shh, 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 shh. Just be still. God's in control. What's the second word? Drop to your knees. Pray. Remember what's true. What's the third? Roll your emotion to God. Roll your emotion to God. Let his word instruct you. We have two thoughts we constantly talk about here at the church, our vision and our mission. Our vision is two words. What are they? Meet Jesus. We want people to meet Jesus. Our mission is two words. What are they? Be Jesus. I met Jesus when I was five years old. My sister led me to Christ. There's not been really a time from that point on I've not loved Jesus, really. But boy, the journey of becoming Jesus, whew, that was a longer one. Um, I was so immature in my emotions. I was the person that super high and then super low. Oh, life is great. 
than when I'm by myself. Life is terrible. And I was all over the place. Part of that was fueled, in, I think, by the, in a lot of inadequacies in my own life. My dad leaving the family, being involved in a pornography addiction for almost 20 years. I mean, just all that stuff. Ah, I was all over the place. I, I've, I've told my wife many times, I'm so sorry for the husband I was. I was so immature. But as I started spending time in the Word, I got challenged that read, you got to grow up. You got to wise up. You got to grow up. And so I started doing the things talking about. I started, okay, read, don't run with that. Don't run with that. Just stop, stop. I didn't give you that emotion. You're running with this. Just stop. I'm in control. Read, drop. Come to me first. Don't go up. Come to me. Come to me. Remember what's two, And then roll. Roll my emotion to me and then spend time in my word. And little by little by little by little, I started to grow. Now, am I perfect? Of course not. But I am so grateful for what God has done that I could never have done by myself. What, what if we could be a people that were so emotionally mature in Christ that people out there said, what's going on? Maybe somebody that, that you've known at work said, I can't believe you handled that the way you did with the boss when he was yelling at you. I could never do that. How, how, do, how are you able to do that? And you say, you know what, um, I've met Jesus. I'd love to have you come with me and see a movie that I think would help you. Or they came and said, you know, I, I can't believe you forgave them. I, I, I could never do that. I, how are you able to forgive what they said to you, what they did? How are you able to do that? Um... I've met Jesus. Listen, I don't know what you're doing on Sundays. I'd love to have you come with me. We're doing a movie series I think we'd find really helpful. See, if the world out there sees us being very immature in our emotions all over the place, they don't want to meet who we've met. Make sense? But when we become that and we're mature in Christ, then God will use us and people will come to know Christ. How many of you say, I want to become more mature in my emotions? How many of you say that? Yeah, I do too. Let me pray, and I'm going to pray actually three prayers for us. There might be somebody here that right now, you have really never met Jesus. You've been to church, but you've never met Jesus. This is your opportunity. It's a simple prayer in your heart that says this, Dear Jesus, Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for forgiving my sins. I give you my life. I give you my emotions. Take over. Yay for you. Now, maybe you're a person who's met Jesus, but to be honest, you're not having become Jesus yet because your emotions, that emotional dog is dragging you all over the place. And you know what? This is your morning then to pray something similar to this, just in your heart. Dear Jesus, you've been Savior of my life, but I want you to be Lord of my life. I give you my emotions. They're yours. Teach me how to use them rightly for you. And maybe you're the third person who You've met Jesus, and 
and there's some things that are happening. You're really growing in your maturity emotionally, but there's that one area, that one thing you're still holding in your hands and you keep holding it. Maybe it's a secret addiction nobody knows. Maybe it's a person you've never been able to quite really forgive. What is that? Give it over. Here's what prayer could look like, dear Jesus. God, you know what it is. I've been holding on to this. I give this to you. And so, Jesus, thank you, because you're the ultimate example of managing your emotions. And what you did for us on the cross, when every emotion would say, I'm not going to do that, you did. Thank you for that. And thank you for the example of David that we could learn from it. Help us to be mature in our emotions so that others can come to know you. We love you. We adore you. We thank you and all God's people said. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past messages. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps so much. You know, you can click the share button, take a screenshot and share it on your social stories and tag us at Celebrate Church. For more content from Celebrate and to connect with us, go to celebrate.church. We love you and we believe in you. God bless.